You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Friday edition. It is wildcard weekend, Matt. We've got some playoff games happening, six of them. It, it should be a lot of fun, actually. This is This is where I think, Matt, Six playoff games, three Saturday, three Sunday, instead of four playoff games is where football fans will say, you know what? Only one team having a bye and this extra seventh team getting into the playoff in each conference. This is kind of the fun part, right? This is where all of this gets really fun because this is going to be a really cool weekend with so many games and they're spreading it out with three and you know one game in prime time on each Saturday and Sunday. So uh, a lot of fun and we will cover all of those games here. And hi, by the way, everybody, my co-host, Matt Williamson at Williamson NFL. I am Brian Peacock at BD Peacock on Twitter. Matt, though, some pressing issues before we get to those playoff games, some non-playoff news, which is what makes the offseason so much fun. How about the latest uh, pro football talk saying there's buzz around the league that Deshaun Watson will Asked to be traded from the Houston Texans, Ian Rappaport reporting that Watson is extremely unhappy with the organization after owner Cal McNair informed him he would be involved in the GM and coach hiring process and provide feedback, but then did neither in the hire of GM Nick Casario. Sources say he goes on to say that Deshaun Watson has not spoken to the Texans brass in the last few days, though they have tried to contact him. Very interesting stuff. What do you hmm. think? Is this a potential reality? Could the Houston Texans trade Deshaun Watson? Wow. I mean, where would they be without him? I mean, it's all I can think about. But it, 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 it gets awful difficult if a high-quality, expensive player really starts to make these demands. I mean, it, it's tough on the organization. You don't have all these resources to smooth things over with them and say, it'll be okay. I'll get you a wide receiver and a guard and blah, 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 blah. Cause they're not going to do that this year, but what would the, the ramifications be contract wise? He just signed this deal. Usually that doesn't work out so well. I haven't dug into that, but what I take away from this is two of the absolute leaders, great careers, great players, great integrity leaders, everything Watson and Watt have both re very recently publicly came out and pretty much bashed this organization that I have no faith in what's going on here. And it makes me wonder, I mean, is this now circling the toilet as one of the maybe most dysfunctional organizations in the league? Yeah. And I mean, think about how they handled the Bill O'Brien situation too, you know, like gave, gave him full power and he just kind of did whatever he want, trade all your draft picks, trade Hopkins, you know, like, that that it just seems <laughs> just screams dysfunction to me. Right. And just losing a few games in one season is just one symptom of what happened yeah. there with the organization, what went on with Bill O'Brien. Then going back to the New England well is is sort of an odd one. And there's rumors that it's Josh McDaniels who's going to be their guy. And they haven't even uh, interviewed Eric Bieniemy, which, uh, you know, if you according to rumors, that's maybe the guy that Deshaun Watson uh, wanted to potentially be his head coach. But uh, if it does become Josh McDaniels, you're, you're trying to do the New England South thing again. It already didn't work for you once. It seems somewhat strange. And if you're the star player yeah, right. and the main attraction for that team, and especially if they tell you that you're going to be involved and then go hire people and you're not involved, I could see why Deshaun Watson would be upset. I could see why Deshaun Watson would have already been wanted to be out anyway. 
Right, right. I mean, even if they got, I mean, just the way t- this season went, I mean, it was Deshaun and the Pips. I mean, there's nothing around this guy, and he's playing the best football of his career, and he's got to be looking at it like, I just burned a legitimate MVP consideration season for nothing. It's gonna, I'm going to burn another one. I don't get many of these years to do that. You know, I mean, guys don't like flushing an entire season down the toilet when you have nothing um, no chance of winning at all, you know, and you're playing in your prime and you realize you're not, you can't do this forever. I mean, so it's got to be super frustrating. I would, could, I could name 10 teams that would be interested in Watson, but what about, and maybe this doesn't make any sense now if McDaniels becomes the head coach, but I bet Belichick in his cap space could call up his buddy Nick and say, you want to make a deal? Your guy, your guy wants out. Right. Yeah. And I mean, if you, Here's one aspect, and yeah, you're right. There's a ton of teams I think that would absolutely sure. be making phone calls, and maybe already are. And I think Nick Casario's answer would be like, "Yeah, nope, not doing it." No, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably Wait. the reality of the situation. Um, that but, probably is right. But that said, I can like if you tell me, okay, look, Deshaun Watson is absolutely playing hardball, not going to show up, um, and look, his. His only, he doesn't have as much leverage as, you know, this isn't the NBA, right? His leverage is to not play and not get paid, which is not great leverage for someone who is, you know, just about to start a big time contract. That's a lot of money he won't be getting paid if he did not show up. And then that would mean this thing would have to play out long and ugly even to get to that point. We're talking about, you know the summertime at least if he doesn't show up to camp and you still can call his bluff and he's if he's not there and you're starting week two and he still hasn't shown up you know you're in September and that that would play out long and ugly with this process for him to even actually flex the leverage he has and then he's not getting paid so that's not a great situation for him to be in so he doesn't really and he does have a no trade clause so that does have a little leverage for him if they did start to listen to offers but here's the thing you have to do so much work around him because obviously just Deshaun Watson alone your four win team. So that's not enough. Right, right, right. It's a good right. start. And you don't have first or second round pick this year. You don't pick until uh, number 67. You don't have a first rounder next year. So if you say, look, we kind of have to rebuild anyway. This is the fastest way to that. And we can get an insane deal. What would that deal look like? What would Houston be? That's what I'm over here. The wheels are turning while you were talking that whole time. Like I'm sitting here going, Jimmy Garoppolo and two firsts. Yeah. Or well, here's the thing. So if it's two firsts, you're essentially trading Laramie Tunsil for Deshaun Watson, right? Like even yeah, two first, you would have to say, cost, nah, you know? dude, that's not enough. Yeah, I hear you. What about Belichick says you can have our, our pick in the middle of the first round and the next two years first, or here's the one I came up with just a second ago. I'll give you the third pick. And I think the Dolphins pick 21, something like that. And Tua. Right. Yeah. So here, that's when you, that's when you start to look at a, a, an offer that could at least be listenable if you're the Houston Texans and look, you're still not going to trade away. I don't think anyone's going to be trading away a star 25 year old quarterback. I just not really going to happen. And you have to take a little cap hit on top of it. It's not an untradeable deal yet, even though it is, does start to kick in in 2021, but it's not impossible to get around. It's not like some other contracts around the league where they really just can't trade guys yet. Like someone um, like Matt Ryan or something like that. Right. 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 Um, right. So, and it is odd that he just signed a new deal and wants out now. But so, yeah, the, the Miami Dolphins, you can offer Tua. You can offer the number three overall pick. The number three pick could become multiple picks. So that's a, a super value, 
valuable commodity there versus someone who might be drafting 12 or 15 like the 49ers and mm -hmm. the Patriots. So that number three pick is infinitely more valuable than the number 12 or the number 15. So those teams, I think, at the top would be the ones that if you were to point to a team that could put together a package, it's the teams that are drafting one, two, three, that have multiple first round picks that have that that next potential star quarterback you could be drafting and then instantly that could restart your rebuild and you get multiple first round picks. You get a first rounder this year, first rounder next year. You could get a quarterback if you're trading with Miami. You get Tua, then you could trade three down, get a couple extra picks. You could turn that into four first round picks if you want. Now I think you're talking when it comes to value and what the Texans could get if they did decide to entertain the idea of trading Deshaun Watson. But again, I don't think it'll happen. I don't think it would even begin to happen until Watson absolutely proved he was playing hardball, which would be, uh, you know, at least six months from now. Right. I mean, we're probably going to look back at this podcast and laugh in a couple months and say what we're thinking, but it is the topic of the day. And we have seen things get ugly in NFL history where the bridge just gets burned and he has to go. I mean, uh, could that happen? Um, I don't know. I mean, Watson doesn't seem like that type of guy, but if this organization is really that bad and he has to get out, I mean, it, I'll take two of them. I mean, if you come knocking with two uh, and two first, I'm listening, you know, I mean, I, then I don't have to get a quarterback. I can at least, you know, build the other things with those picks and, and I, I would make some cap space to go add something else too. Oh yeah. And if you're trading, Deshaun Watson, you're probably trying to trade J.J. Watt too, right? Oh, I think he's a trade no matter what. Oh, you think he's I gone? Think, I think he. I think you get a third for him. Okay. Yeah. I mean, do you think no matter what, he's going to be gone this I year? I think so. Yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. And just because they just need picks so bad, and they're not winning now, and he's not super happy, and I know he's all over the billboards and did wonderful things for that city and crisis time off the field, but um, it sure seems like he should come to Pittsburgh with his brothers. Don't you think <laughs> for a million a year? A bad, yeah. Not a bad <laughs> idea. You know, not a bad idea. And you know, I mean, th that makes total sense. An aging superstar player that isn't where he once was, but I mean, he can make a huge impact for a team that's ready to win now. And I'm sure he wants to win now. So that, that totally makes sense. But then again, yeah. Uh, if, if you're trading Watt, Trading Watson, you're completely rebuilding. Then in Houston, what does that look like for you, for ownership, for the new coach, for the new, uh, GM, do you even take that job if you think Watson's not going to be there? That that would seem to be a reason that you would want that job. And that was like the only reason to want that job. Are the fans? I mean, we talked about it. We said, well, because here's the thing. So when it comes to the 49ers, and, and it would be diff more difficult for the Niners, say, to trade for, um, you know, Watson or a big time player like that that needs multiple picks than it would be for those top teams, as I mentioned, just because of the value of those early draft picks and, and the extra picks that they have. The 49ers would have to trade. This year's first, next year's first, the, you know, they, it is New England South, so they would have to love Jimmy Garoppolo from their Jimmy G days. Watson would have to waive his no trade. Jimmy G would have to waive his no trade. And if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, do you want to go play for that organization either? Probably not. So you might have to be a rookie quarterback or bust or someone who has no control over it or bust to bring in a quarterback there and, and rebuild that thing in Houston if you do make that trade. Anyway, because I don't know how many other veterans would want to go play there. Um that's why I was thinking Jimmy, though, or because right. Jimmy might make might want to play, say, with McDaniels and Casario. Like yeah, maybe right, right. you could talk him into it, and maybe they would love him, and that would be something they're like, okay, we like our guy from uh, from the New England days. But then the Niners would still have to part with something that really hurts. Like any team that trades for Deshaun oh, like Watson, first. it would have to hurt. Like the first of all, like if you're Nick Casario, you're saying, okay, let's talk. Uh, first, great. Uh, 
what do you think? Bosa, Kittle, or Warner? One of them, too. You know, like it has to yeah, hurt, maybe, you know? Maybe. And and so that's why I think it'll Warner's be Warner's cheap, you know. Right. It'll be so Warner Jimmy in a one. It'll he'll start to get pretty darn expensive, but that's what it would have to True. hurt, right? Because it's going to hurt Houston to trade away Deshaun Watson. It's going to have to hurt in value for what you're paying to get him. It's and him in three first. No trades. I mean, there's just so many different. How bad does he really want out? Does he say, okay, I'll go to wherever mm-hmm. the Jets, Jacksonville? I don't care. Yeah, or I is mean, he going to try to flex? We, we have no playoff trades? games to get to. We should right. probably stay out of fantasy land. Yeah, yeah. Man, <laughs> it is fun because I mean, if he has to go. And you open, you come to the, the the poker table with three firsts as your opening bid. Okay, you know, I mean, you're you at least can sit down. Welcome to Fantasyland, the NFL offseason. Let's get to reality and playoff football next. Have you visited RockAuto.com yet? If you haven't, you need to because it's the best place to go to keep your car running at an optimal level. If you need accessories for your vehicle, if you need anything at all involving your vehicle, it is such an amazing selection at RockAuto.com and their prices are always reliably low. Why go to other retailers when they have such a limited stock and you don't know what they're even ordering on the other side of a computer screen? You can go find exactly what you need for your make and model. A ridiculous selection at rockauto.com and keep your vehicle on the road. Or maybe even add some fun aftermarket parts, right? rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com with a unique catalog, remarkably easy to navigate, quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Let's get this going, Matt. We've got playoff games happening starting Saturday the Indianapolis Colts at the red, red, hot Buffalo Bills. Buffalo favored by six and a half right now in this one. And man, if I had to pick a team, I might even pick Buffalo to win the whole darn thing over even the Kansas City Chiefs or the Green Bay Packers who are not playing this weekend with a bye. That's how much I like how the Bills are playing right now. Yeah, I put a handful of dollars on the Bills to win the Super Bowl two days ago. I think it was at plus 400 or plus 450. I think they're rolling. I think they can beat the Chiefs. I'm going to pick them to win this game. Their defense is really trending in the right direction, where the Colts is trending the wrong way. Um, I steal this from Greg Cosell, but he, he had a really good point about this game, that the Colts are not a, a nickel team. They're not a dime team. They're really just a nickel team. And if the Bills come out in four wide, they're, they're only going to see three corners on the field. There's going to be mismatches that they like. I'm not counting the Colts out of this game because I do think if Jonathan Taylor has a massive game and boy, he's been looking good and I don't love the bills run defense, they can hang in this thing. But I think Buffalo's just much better right now. And no Costanzo, you know, like there's some things going against the Colts. Here's my question. Is there enough firepower in Indy to keep things close? If the passing game is on for the Buffalo bills, or if the bills are basically, if Josh Allen's playing well, can the Colts win this game is my big question. I don't think so. And I sent you a bunch of stats and notes and stuff that I put together for these games. And I mean, since their week 11 by Buffalo's outscored their opponents, 229 to 110. I mean, like just blowing people out and the Colts didn't look great the last week and a half. I think rivers might be starting to hit a little bit of a wall, but to answer your question, no, I mean, they just don't have the, if, if the bills are humming, 
and the Colts D is struggling as it has the last half of the year, I don't think the Colts can play that type of game. Mm-hmm. Okay, so special performance by that Colts defense who's who's been very good, maybe not as good as it initially looked like they were the first half of the season. Uh, that's what it's all about. They've got to they've got to get some turnovers and they've got to limit that Buffalo Bills offense. Wow, 20, 229 to 110. Buffalo has outscored opposing opponents since their week 11 bye. That's unreal. It is. They're, they're, they're flying high, and I don't think this slows them down. All right, so we're in agreement. Uh, that is under a touchdown. I absolutely think the Bills can win this one by a touchdown, and I think you agree. Yes. Let's move on to part three, Los Angeles at Seattle. The Rams and Seahawks, they've already seen each other twice in the NFC West this year, and uh, just a couple of odd teams that's hard to really figure out what exactly they are right now, and we still don't have confirmation on who the quarterback is going to be for the Rams here, which uh, would seem to skew things heavily in Seattle's favor because you, either you have an injured Goff or you have a guy making his second career start in John Wolford starting at quarterback for the Rams. And that's a broken thumb on his passing hand. I mean, if it's not slam dunk, Goff finds playing, he's going to be compromised. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking the Rams, and I'm not... Woo. I did this a week or the last couple of weeks too. The, I bet on Wolford last week and it's the same reason. I just think Ramsey on Metcalf, maybe the best defense in the league in LA. I don't like how Wilson and the offense is played and this defense sets up really well to take away the deep ball and, you know, Donald's going to cause a lot of problems. I think this is a really low scoring game. I, I picked it 24-20. I'm more leaning now towards like 17-16. I mean, I think this is going to be a lot of Cam Akers, a lot of manufactured play action over the middle throws, the woods and those type of guys. And first downs going to be hard to come by. And I'm going to take the Rams and a little bit of an upset special. I like that. And you're getting some points there. And yeah, here's yeah. a great stat from uh, your write-up here on this game. Rams allowed a scoring drive on a league low 28.7% of opponents' drives and a touchdown on 16.3%, also the lowest rate over the course of the season. That's why uh, Staley is getting interviews as potentially a head coach around the league. Um, There's a lot of star power in this game. Is it going to be on the Rams' defensive side? Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, is that the star power that's going to win out or the star power on the uh, offensive side for the Seattle Seahawks, Seattle. Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. I mean, that's going to be fun right there when Seattle has the ball Rams on defense, uh, must see TV there. I'm going to be locked in for uh, an extreme amount of hours this weekend, Matt. It's going to be oh, yeah. an unhealthy binge of football, uh, but I'm, I'm prepared and I'm going to feel good about it. Yeah. I, if you're in, you know, postseason fantasy leagues, I think you avoid this one. I think it's going to be a real slug fest. And I don't want to say I give the Rams the coaching advantage. That's a little disrespectful to Carroll, but I give them the X's and O's advantage. I am going to go the other way, though, on this one and take the Seahawks and give up those three points. And I think on defense, we'll see if those additions they made this year are enough to put them over the top. I think their offense can still score against the Rams. Uh, it's They're not going to be that insane Russ cooking offense that we saw earlier in the season. But on defense... I just have liked the way they've rallied on the defensive side of the ball recently. And Jamal Adams, if he can get in the backfield and, and do what he's done, he's been one of the better pass rushers in the league. I mean, put this guy at outside linebacker in a 3-4, and he's a double-digit sack guy every year. It's pretty awesome. But seeing him blitz and 
you know, seeing the X factor there with him covering tight ends and covering running backs out of the backfield. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait for this one, but I'm going to go Seattle. So I'm go- I'm glad we're disagreeing on some of these. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm kind of going on a little bit of a limb, but I have a lot of faith in the Rams right now for maybe unjust reasons. Here's one. And I'm actually surprised that Washington isn't a bigger dog, even though they're at home than eight points. And we talked about earlier on the week, but guessing what the line was going to be before we looked at it at bet online plus eight right now for Washington. You're getting eight points for the home team in a playoff game, which would seem like easy money. And Chris yesterday liked this when he was talking about it from the action network, but I'm not so sure that Washington can keep this within uh, double digits here. I'm going to give up those points and take Tampa here. This is the mismatch of the weekend to me, even more so than the saints bears that we'll get to that is a, and, and the bears are bigger underdogs. Yeah, Washington doesn't belong. I mean, you've been saying this all week that you know, maybe they shouldn't make the playoffs. We should change the rules. And I disagree with that, but they're clearly the 14th best team out of out of 14. I mean, they're, they don't really belong. And Alex Smith is questionable and hasn't played well and is going to get hit a lot. And I think this could be a blowout, except I have two reservations. First of all, Tampa lost to the Chiefs. And then their other, their other losses were against really good defenses, you know, the Saints and when the Bears were humming. And I think that's not accidental. I mean, I think that's telling us something about the Bucs. But they're playing better since they're by. And I definitely lump Washington's defense in that conversation. Like, Tom's going to get hit. I mean, he throws deep more than anybody. He's going to get hit. And I don't think they'll run the ball well. But I, I kept thinking... Yeah, but the second half will belong to Tampa because Washington's going to have a hard time getting a first down. You're like, they're not going to move the ball at all, in my opinion. But then I was listening to Warren Sharp, and he said, Washington by far is the best second half defense in football. Like, their halftime adjustments have been ridiculous. Like, they're incredibly better than they were in the first half. And made me think, well, maybe they can keep this thing close. I mean, I'm still going to lay the po- I'm still going to give the points. I'm going to take Tampa, but I'm not sure it's going to be a blowout. I, I, I think it's going to be another low scoring slug it out defensive battle, but that's hard to, I think Tampa's going to have like 40 minutes of time possession when it's all said and done. We got to move on to Sunday, but yeah. uh, I agree with you here with pretty much everything you said there. I'm, I'm going to, Lay the points. I'm going to take Tampa in this one. I mean, we might see Taylor Heineke at quarterback for Washington. But I bet we do. If there is a reason that Washington wins this game, it's because of that defensive line. And we'll find out. Chase Young was trotting off the field last week after their victory when they sewed up a roster spot. He's saying, we want Tom. Okay, Chase, let's find out if you really want Tom. A lot of people for a lot of years uh, might have wanted Tom. And uh, Tom comes out on top. I think the ball's going to come out quick. I think there's too many uh, players on the outside for Tampa, and they'll make enough plays on the secondary. Even with a stout defensive line, I'm going Tampa Bay, and I think uh, they're they're gonna they're gonna win this one pretty easily. Maybe not a, a blowout of blowouts. Tom's been playing pretty well since that week thirteen mm-hmm. by that late by. Absolutely. Although, hey, this is a, a night game. We talked about Tom's bedtime. Sleepy, yeah, yeah, maybe that's the kryptonite here for Tom. It is uh, maybe <laughs> Chase Young and a and a sleepy Tom Brady is enough for Washington to have a crazy upset here. And uh, wow, what an end to that would would that be if uh, Alex Smith rolls out there and wins a playoff game against Tom Brady for that movie script that's no doubt being written somewhere. More Peacock and Williamson coming up. We'll get to Sunday's games next. Got a great offer from Bet Online. Add a little extra bonus bankroll when signing up. 
Ooh, and there are some fun games to bet on this weekend when it comes to the NFL playoff schedule. The college football national championship on Monday should also be fantastic. And betonline.ag has you covered for all of it, including the NBA season, which is in full swing. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. You know what I love is some of these NFL futures that are at Bet Online, where coaches will go, NFL draft, tons of great prop bets. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code Locked On to receive 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Matt, Ravens-Titans is a good one. Baltimore favored on the road by three points here. We've talked for the last month or so that, okay, Ravens playing a little bit better ball and probably the team you don't want to see in the playoffs. And it's it's pretty surprising that we're seeing another team on the road that is favored here in the playoffs, but that's just how this season has gone. Ravens at Titans. What do you see here? Yeah, I, I think this will be the best game of the weekend. Um, a highly competitive game. Uh, a bit of a rivalry all of a sudden, and a little bit of nastiness in this game between these teams all of a sudden over the, since the last playoff time. I think there's going to be a ton of points. If I'm Baltimore, I'm a little worried that if we get down on the scoreboard and we have to throw a lot, they're not equipped to do that where Tennessee can. They can kind of beat you any way they want. But Tennessee's defense is horrific. But it's especially horrific rushing the passer, which – isn't going to get exploited. I mean, that's not going to be that bad, bad of a weakness to have against, you know, a team that doesn't throw. I'm going to go with Baltimore, but in a, a really fun super shootout. If you're not good at getting after the quarterback anyway in your Tennessee, do you just play a, a very vanilla front and just play as much contain as you possibly can and say, okay, go for it, throw and beat us? Is that the way it has to go for the Titans on defense in this one? Probably, and maybe you're a little aggressive coming up towards the line of scrimmage and um, make him, and make him beat you over the top. Yeah. You know, keep a lot of bodies near the line of scrimmage. Uh, I, I want to throw out one. T- I, I wrote a tweet yesterday that I saw from the Fantasy Points people. It's a new website. It's really good about Derrick Henry that I just couldn't believe that they made Derrick Henry the last in, in the last three games in 2018, Tennessee made Derrick Henry their true workhorse. And since then, which is a pretty big stretch, that's 37 games, including postseason, he's averaging just under 118 rushing yards per game. The leader in rushing yards per game since the merger is Barry Sanders at just under 100. I mean, that's 18 more yards per game than Barry Sanders. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. That's hundreds of yards per season. Right. I mean, every game. That's amazing. So, yeah, if you're the Titans, get a lead and ride Big Derrick Henry to victory, right? And that could definitely work. I mean, it worked a year ago, basically, to this time. I got the Ravens 35-30, though. Maybe even going to be more points than that. You know, uh, the more we talk about this, I thought I might go Ravens. The fact that they're on the road and favored, I'm going to take the home dog points here with the Tennessee Titans. How many are they getting? Uh, Three points. All right, I'll take Baltimore, but that's... And I don't feel strong about the bet. Yeah, that's I feel strong about the yeah, how the game will be played. Right, same here. That, that that's that's one I more so want to watch than bet on. I think there, but yeah, uh, you can yeah. get plus three for the Titans at BetOnline.ag. Let's go to the middle game. This is 
of the big upset special of the week if you like the Chicago Bears that are getting 10 points on the road against the New Orleans Saints. I don't like the Bears at all in this game. Uh, <laughs> their defense has come back to earth a little bit. They've been on the field a lot this year. I think Kamara and Thomas are going to play. I think Breeze has been a little more comfortable. Um, the Bears are good at taking away the big play, but I don't think Breeze cares. You know, just kind of dink and dunk down the field. I think that line will hold up against Mack and those guys well enough, and the ball comes out. But the key to me is, I think the Saints, I mentioned the Rams might have the best defense in the league. I think the Saints, Rams, and Steelers right now are right at the top. And I don't believe that the Bears have fixed their offense or Trubisky's now a franchise quarterback all of a sudden. I think they've done some better things with Bill Lazor, but they played really bad defenses, and that's going to show in this game. I think they, the, the Saints win this one pretty big. I mean, the Saints are clearly the better team. Uh, I'm yeah. not a believer at all in the Bears, but 10 points is a lot. I want to take that many points. I feel like the, the the Bears can keep this one closer than Washington even can against Tampa. I just feel like these lines should be somewhat flipped. And so I, I think it could be close. Ten points is a lot. I think the Bears are playing much better ball lately. They're, they will at least put up a fight here. Yes, they can keep it within ten. So I'll take the points. But uh, absolutely, if the Saints win this one all day. So I, I don't feel comfortable, and I probably wouldn't put my real hard-earned money on this one. Uh, but if you are a Bears believer and you do think the new Mitch Trubisky under Bill Lazor is the real deal and you have some questions about the New Orleans Saints, maybe this is the game for you. For me, it's not quite the game. And I, I just like the way that even with Drew Brees playing bad a few weeks ago, Alvin Kamara scoring six touchdowns. Like, There's ways for <laughs> the Saints to win because they can throw the ball, they can run the ball, uh, they can make short plays into big plays on offense. They have a good offensive line, and they're pretty good on every level of the defense. I would have liked to see the defense play a little bit more consistency all season long, but I think they're they're playing better right now. And they're in the Dome playing at home. Uh, I'm probably going to be picking the Saints every single time straight up when they're playing in the Dome this postseason. When they get out of that Dome in New Orleans, that's when the big questions arise for me with this team. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think their defense is the best unit on the field. I think their offense is the second best unit on the field. I give them the home field advantage. I know it's not like usual, but certainly the coaching advantage. They're better on special teams. Ten's a lot, but I'll still take the Saints minus ten. And by the way, we focus a lot on the quarterback and Mitch Trubisky. I, I want to throw David Montgomery's name out there because yeah. he's uh, getting involved more in the passing game. Uh, he was one of the better running backs in the league the second half of the year, and, and that's a big factor there for Chicago, too. Can they run the ball a little bit and then work off the play action and and help Mitch Trubisky out a little bit more and not make it be like, okay, Mitch Trubisky, you have to go into New Orleans and beat Drew Brees. Right, and that'll have to be the key. I mean, Montgomery's going to have to be – 140 yards of total offense type of guy to win this game or keep it super close, mm -hmm. which is possible. By the way, uh, Alvin Kamara, if there was any question, he did tweet out, see y'all Sunday with a heart, which makes me believe he will be active and he will be playing. So COVID all figured out there in that right. running back room for the Saints, if, if anybody was worried about that aspect of that game. Okay, let's finish it up. The last game of the weekend, Sunday night, the Cleveland Browns at the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers at home favored by six. I'm going to sound super homerish in this game, but even if these teams were 100% healthy and the Browns had a head coach for the game and all those things, I still think the Steelers are big brother and have this team's number. I, I wouldn't pick the Browns over the Ravens either. So it's not just a Steeler homer thing. I just think that they've been looking up at these organizations for a long time and are still learning how to win. 
And now, I mean, we're recording this on Friday. I don't know if they're going to practice today or not, but they haven't yet all week. They don't have a head coach. Joel Batonio's out. Denzel Ward may or may not play. There could be more COVID names to the list. I just think the Browns are in a really bad spot here. Yeah. Just I, lost Olivier Vernon, you know. That's tough. I mean, you feel bad for Browns fans because they had all this momentum and they finally made the playoffs and then this hits them. And it just makes it infinitely more difficult and it's really hard to pick the Browns in a situation like this. And I almost think like they can't really skew it for enough points without a head coach uh, you know, on the sideline. And and by the way, Aditi Kikwabala from NFL Network reported earlier this week that head coach Kevin Stefanski, a veritable coach of the year candidate, expectedly downplays his game day role saying, quote, the players understand that it doesn't really matter who the head coach is on Sunday, they know how we play. And I mean, that's a great statement to make. That's that's the yeah, that's what you need to right put into say. your players' heads, but it, it sounds nice in print, actually playing out that way on Sunday, making a game plan, who's calling the plays on Sunday. You're going to feel that loss on the sideline for the Browns, so I, I got to go Steelers and, and give up those six points. Yeah, my big thing with Stefanski being out is I think it's pretty clear that when Mayfield's under a lot of pressure versus kept clean. He's two different guys, almost in a golf like manner. And they have a great line and they've built that because of that reason. But the Steelers have sacked him four times in both games and they sack everybody four times. And they did that last week without Cam Hayward and TJ Watt. And now Batonio's out. I just think when he starts getting hit and he looks over the sidelines or is in the, the microphone in, in his helmet, not having Stefanski there to settle the ship, to right the ship, is really going to hurt Baker. A conversation I've wanted to have with you, Matt, and we'll have to push this off to next week. Defensive player of the year. I think it's come down to two guys, and to me, TJ Watt is one of those guys. He would be my vote, although I think Donald could be it every year, all the time, forever, in Actually, fraternity. Yeah. I, wasn't even counting <laughs> you know? Do- I wasn't even counting Donald because, yeah, it's almost getting like ho-hum with him. He has to do right, extra for you to be like, yeah, so I guess there's probably three people who re- realistically should be in that conversation. But next week, we'll talk about that. On Monday, okay. we'll come back and break down all of these games. It's going to be a super fun wild card weekend, and we've got you covered daily. Peacock and Williamson.